opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning in Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning from 738. We thank you, our loyal listener, for getting up early on Saturdays and listening to great uh, minds talk about entrepreneurship and leadership in the Low Country. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox. And I usually say here with a lovely and talented, but I may not use that this morning since. I mean, if you want to say it, I'll take uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it I'm 10 times out of 10. Leslie <laughs> Haywood, who is not with us this morning. And as we do on occasion, Mr. Byron Stahl back with us again. Good morning. Glad to be here, Eric. Glad to have you, Byron, and looking forward to a great show today. Hard to believe here we are coming up on, uh, wow, we're rounding out the month of May. And uh, the summer is here. Kids are out of school. we got a lot going on in the low country. So what a great time of the year. Uh, to, to be experiencing here in the low country. And uh, today we have uh, Kathy Petcash in the studio with us. And Kathy, first of all, thank you for getting up on a Saturday morning and coming in and joining us. Thank you. You can introduce me as the lovely and talented. The lovely Leslie. and talented. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely would send that your way you versus Byron's. Okay. There's no doubt any day that ends in Y. So we're glad you're here. We're looking forward to hearing your story. Thank you. Um, however, before we go to your story, I would like to recap. And Byron, you weren't fortunate enough to sit in the chair last week, but uh, hopefully you got to listen to a little bit of the show from uh, Mora Kasaba. Mora is an independent uh, fitness and mindset coach here in the Low Country, and just a great spirit that uh, shared her insights on uh, her journey, which uh, includes, as most people's, the ups and downs and all the great stuff of entrepreneurship. And I just wanted to share a nugget or two uh, from her show. She talked a little bit about the difference uh, as an entrepreneur uh, in being interested versus being committed. And I know, Kathy, as a person who, who loves and adores entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely resonate with the difference uh, between interested and committed. And once you're committed, to be able to pursue it with all your passion. And Moore did a great job of really going in and talking about uh, feeding your soul and, and uh, pursuing it with all the passion you can. She also talked a lot about uh, I think on several occasions in, in both last week's and the week before uh, segments about surrounding yourself with people and that that's really everything in life is who you have in your circles and the influence that brings about uh, both on you and you on them. And so really a reflective opportunity for all of us to look at our circles and what that's about. In case you happen to miss um, more a show, you have a second chance. You can go to our website, coastalwm.com. Click on the radio icon, and you'll see her show as well as all of our entrepreneurs from the last four years. So uh, if you're out there and you have nothing to do on this Saturday and you want to binge listen to Beyond the Business, what a great way to spend your Saturday afternoon. Uh, So with that in mind, I think we're going to turn to today and uh, dive in with uh, Kathy's story. So, uh, Kathy, if you don't mind, give us a a quick snippet and commercial of um, FranNet, what that's all about. And uh, then we'll we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, FranNet is a franchise consulting firm. Been around for like 30 years. It's a very well-kept secret. And uh, what we are are matchmakers. Okay. But 
in business, not in love. Um, we work with individuals who think they want to start a business, emphasis on think, and we work with them to really understand the great business model that they need to be successful. And then we, quote, match them up to different franchise opportunities that would meet their goals and objectives through a very defined process that we've developed over the last 30 years. What a great resource. I and, am. And certainly <laughs> over four years of doing this show, we hear you know people come in and we talk about all the different models. And, and I would say 20 to 30 percent of the time we've had franchise owners. And mm-hmm. one of the questions we always ask is, how did you choose that franchise? How did you end up in that model? And so looking forward to hearing more about your uh, expert advice. So if you're listening this morning and you either own a business or you're thinking about getting into business, this is going to be a good show for you and maybe carving that path out. I hope so. Thank you. Well, as we all know, this show is called Beyond the Business. So let's uh, go beyond the business real quick and go back to your childhood. Tell us where you grew up. What was your family life like? Kind of take us back. Okay. Well, that's a few years ago, you know. <laughs> but um, I grew up in the Midwest, not Ohio, as everyone else is from here. But I'm from Missouri. The show me state. And it's Missouri. I was going to say Missouri, not Missouri. Missouri right? If Get you're right. from Missouri. And uh, very small towns, um, probably if there's a small town in Missouri, I have lived there. Um, have two brothers. I'm the middle child, the mistreated one, the, the only girl. So, um, but uh, our family was really built on family life. Um, my mother was a medical assistant for years, both in dentistry and then in medical offices. And my father was started out as a lineman, which we don't see anymore. You know, the electrical yeah, lines. Yeah. Well, he used to climb those poles, but we don't have that many poles anymore. Um, and moved on into um, uh, conservation. And so I was outside. There was a lot of outside activities, camping, fishing, and uh, things like that. And then a lot of memories from my grandparents. Um, they were farmers. My dad was one of nine children, the oldest. My mother was one of 13 children. She was next to the youngest, and I love telling her story because she was a triplet. And of the 13 kids, there was one son who was the oldest, and the rest were all girls. So that farming community and that family community really is what I grew up in. It's a core value. Yeah, I think so. It's instilled a lot of trust and hard work my family and my grandparents were all very hard workers. And uh, my grandpa grew uh, cotton and watermelons. Nice. So outside of the, obviously, the core family unit, talk a little bit about you as a kid in terms of maybe um, schooling, as a student, what you were involved with. Okay. I was very involved in high school. can't remember grade school. But I was very involved in high school. I do remember in grade school, I was sent to the principal's office a lot for talking. I my mother said you never would quit talking and um but very involved with different activities i was in the band in lebanon missouri they were known for their number one state band i played the drums okay, okay. kind of took my tensions out on the drums um a leader i think i love the debate club um and were was, you a Considered a good student, a so-so student or? i was a good student okay. now my brother was an excellent student so i always had to live up to that but uh no i was a good student and that was expected in our family too that uh c's were not acceptable we needed to excel so that do your best and keep doing better so that's i was really pushed in that direction 
Right. Well, well, looking at back at all those activities and everything you were involved in in high school, can you you know look back and pinpoint anything that might have planted the seeds for the love of entrepreneurship? Probably not in my childhood. I think that happened later in life. What was your dream growing up? What did you want to be? Well, in high school, I wanted to be an accountant. And I don't know if I've actually in four years heard anybody tell me that in high school they want to be an accountant. Yes. And my math teacher, I remember telling my mother at a conference, Kathy wants to be an accountant and you really need to sway here in the other direction. (laughs) Because really in the Midwest and what happened back in those days, you were a nurse or a teacher or a homemaker. And so here I was entering into the man's world and that just was not encouraged. So uh, once in college, my three goals were to be a psychiatrist. Uh, an attorney or an accountant, and I am an accountant, all right? So a lot of challenges growing up in the respect that um, my father passed away when I was 13, very young man, and my mother, I really contribute everything where I am today to her. She always said, you can do anything you want to, you just got to work at it. She was left with three teenagers, poor lady, and... um, She's still the head of our family. She's 87 years old and still in Missouri. So she has always been an inspiration to me. She says, you can do anything as long as you can look yourself in the mirror the next day, then go for it. So uh, very inspirational. So you end up um, going in, uh, I think you get what, your Bachelor of Science in Accounting mm-hmm. from Central Missouri. Central Missouri State Missouri? University. Is that just that right? Missouri, okay. you're doing well. All right. And then went on to get your MBA uh, from University of North Carolina. Yes. Um, so you had obviously decided accounting was going to be your path. That's correct. And um, talk about sort of what was the ultimate vision of what you were going to pursue with that degree. Well, I was in more um, not public accounting, but uh, private accounting. I worked for Western Electric when I first got out of college, which back then was a manufacturer of AT&T components. Um Went from that to a uh, accounting manager at uh, Black and Beach Consulting Engineers in Kansas City. I finally did get out of the small towns and moved to Kansas City after college. Um, and then my latest career was with Hewlett Packard, and I was with them for 18 years. And in that capacity, it was a great organization, a great career development for me, because you could really move around in the organization. I started out in the accounting, supporting their own proprietary accounting software. So lots of opportunities to grow there. And it gave me a broad look at business from marketing to training to technology. Um, So it was after that, when I left there, that I really decided to do something on my own. So looking back at Hewlett Packard, your your passion, your education was for accounting. And you say you went into <laughs> Hewlett Packard for accounting and then you started to do different things within Hewlett Packard. What led you to decide to expand within Hewlett Packard and move away from the accounting side of things? Well, I wasn't in the accounting department, but as you know, well, back when HP started and on until I joined in the late 80s, it was an engineering company, okay? So they had developed their own proprietary software for accounting and manufacturing systems. And they were looking for someone that could talk to CFOs and accounting people to sell and implement their solution. So the engineers just didn't get it. So it was a great opportunity because it was a new path they were going. So what was really exciting was I could 
use my accounting to teach people and then implement and coach people in their in their accounting departments of all these top 100 manufacturing companies. And I was always the one, after I'd done my work, I was out on the floor. I love to see how things go together. And that might have been kind of where I was getting the itch to create or know something on my own. I love being out on the manufacturing line. So I've gotten free samples of everything. That's where the action was, right? Ball bearings to free cookies. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, by the way, in case you just uh, tuned the dial and and, uh, just joined us this morning, you're listening to the voice of Miss Kathy Petcash, who is a franchise specialist with FranNet here in Charleston. And, Kathy, you're talking about your time. You said you spent 18 years working for HP, obviously well-respected, Fortune 100 company. um, And you just sort of alluded to that that seed of entrepreneurship starting to develop mm-hmm. inside of you. But talk for a minute before we get into the, the full-bloom entrepreneurship, what was happening as uh, as maybe that was winding down that was giving you thoughts about, hey, I've, I've worked in the biggest environment I could, now I'm thinking about going to do the complete opposite, and that is be an entrepreneur. Well, actually, I was kind of helped move in that direction because uh, that was back in the around 2005. HP was going through some major changes, as it still is today. And they were offering early retirement. And as you can see, I did retire way early. Way too young. Yeah, to do. Way, yeah. way and too so, young. In your um, 30s. That's correct. <laughs> um, so it was, I look back and I was preparing myself to take this, quote, retirement step. And my financial advisor was saying, okay, what's next for you? And I started thinking of all these creative things I could do on my own. Now, I am not a creative person. I'm a business mind. So he says, I'm thinking back to when the pet rock came out. Something unique, something original, and something will make you thousands and millions of dollars real quick. So I was trying to find a pet rock, and um, I had a lot of crazy ideas. Um, Share one with us. I wanted to start a company where you took your pet's remains and molded them into some sort of statue as a memory. As opposed to a vase, it's just going to spill over, you know. So anyway, um, from pet cemeteries to I love pets. So say yeah. pet is a common yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. common. Yeah. Um, just, just really crazy ideas. But um, never had a pet rock. So I'm an entrepreneur in spirit in the respect that I love hearing people's success stories. I love listening to your podcast because, as you said, everyone has a story. And to me, it's very creative. I am not a creative person. So I went the consulting route, which I'd done all my life with HP, and uh, was introduced to the franchise world right after I, quote, retired from H- from HP. So, you know, and a, a lot of our listeners go through this where they work in corporate America, mm-hmm. and then they decide they want to do something and build their own entrepreneurial practice. And one of the biggest questions they have is, what's the first step? How do I even begin? How did you, what were the first steps that you took that led you down this entrepreneurial path? What was the first steps that you did to really build what you've uh, built today? I took a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, right? Took a two-week cruise. You heard it here first. Take a cruise. to to Tahiti. And um, (laughs) and no, really, I I did. I sat out there and cleared my mind, you know? I, I love being out on the ocean. I'm an Aquarius, okay? And um, it's like, okay, what am I going to do when I get back? The first thing is, I was in Atlanta at the time. And why am I still in Atlanta in this crazy city close to an airport so I can fly all over the world for business? I don't need to do that anymore. And I'd always loved the ocean. I wanted to be on the ocean. So I said, 
I'm going to go island shopping. So that was my first objective is to find a place to live near the ocean. And I really lucked out. The first island I hopped down to was St. Simons Island, Georgia. And not only did I find my island in my home, but I found a business for sale. And so it was a flower shop, which, as I've said, I am not creative. And everyone thought I was crazy. Um, but I knew how to I knew the business end of it, especially from the business, the MBA and the experience I'd had at HP. I felt I knew how to run a business. Plus, at that time, I was also uh, doing my franchise work, assisting other people start their businesses. And I wanted to really be able to walk the talk, you know, so I wanted to start my own business so I could compare that with a franchise system to help people decide which path of entrepreneurship should they go down. So give us some uh, uh, feedback on those early days you took over this flower shop. Um, again, you're, you're walking out of this <laughs> massive corporate environment into a flower shop. In a small, small little place. Right. So talk about yeah. the, I know it's taking you back a little bit, but think through some of the emotion of that. What was that like? Well, I'm a risk taker. I love a challenge. And I'm always, if I decide, I'm an impulse buyer and I found the business and I had put down the offer and I was in business within 60 days. And that's really, really fast. <laughs> so the biggest thing is, yeah, I know how to run a business, right? I've never done it, but I have all this experience through other companies. Um, so I think the biggest aha, and I tell my clients today is, the biggest challenge you're ever going to have, whether you have your own business or how you go about it, I'm sorry, but it's employees. Um, so I had always managed people, professional people, technical people. But guess what? I was managing floral designers, very creative minded individuals. And my management style, whoa, had to change. OK, I was on an island. I was working in a creative industry so I had to change my approach, and that was one of the biggest challenges so that I could communicate, I could be more patient. I used to be a very impatient person. I think I'm better now. So I think the employee part um, and my management style was one of the big ones that I had to overcome. Also, I knew Let me business. ask you a question on uh-huh. that because I think that's, that's diving into an amazing area of thought that um, – you had to recognize that. So yeah. were you working with somebody on the outside as a mentor coach that helped you see that? Or was it just something intuitive from your days? Of oh, experience it became before? very obvious okay. Okay. <laughs> very quickly. Uh, working with my, my designers who were my head designer was a genius. I come to recognize in his area. What else was ex- exciting for me and an aha was this gentleman had been in the floral industry for 25 years not only did he know the flowers, but I found out that he was a great project manager. Because when you are putting together these big wedding events, you need to know what you're doing. And so I learned to step back and say, tell me how I can help you. Now, I will tell you, I didn't do the creative part in the flowers. That was the other thing. I had to keep my fingers out of that because uh, by the time I sold the business about five years later, I was able to pluck the heads off roses and throw the <laughs> petals down the aisle. But my designer says, Kathy, stay away. So, um, yeah, the biggest was my management style and recognizing that uh, a coach. Um, I actually had had a coach in Atlanta when I was there and started my franchising consulting. Um, but I also had some mentors in the floral industry from Atlanta, too, that was helping me understand the business part of a flower industry. 
So, you know, um, we talked about this actually last week with Maura and her business because she um, at some point had to make it or made an exit, chose to make an exit mm-hmm. for certain reasons. And so you mentioned and alluded that you sold the flower shop after five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about the reasoning and, and the thought behind that. Because um, a lot of times our business owners come on and they've been in that business now for 20 years. Yeah. And in your case, I know you have evolved in a different path. Well, like I said, I'm a risk taker. Uh, I get bored easily. And where St. Simon's Island is a beautiful place to go visit and live. Um, I found it more of a, a community for retirees and couples that used it as a travel base. And there wasn't enough restaurants there, okay? I love Charleston. You're a foodie, with, that's uh, right. yeah. There's one or two restaurants <laughs> yeah, here in Charleston. I think there's two on St. Simon's. <laughs> so it was, it was a business and a personal re- um, decision for me. I hadn't planned to be in the flower business my entire life. It was really a stepping stone in building my own business background. And like I said, to help my other clients to compare a franchise to starting your own business from scratch versus buying an existing business. And so I decided it was time to move on. And it just seems like about every five years I'm relocating and redefining. Get that itch, huh? I, I do. I do. But I have told my friends, because I've been here in Charleston for five years now, and they say, okay, where's uh, next? Time. <laughs> and I say, you know what? I love Charleston. <laughs> so I may right. have found my roots here. Uh, that's just an attestment to, uh, to Charleston. Oh, my gosh, yes. So you end up selling this practice. You say you were a you know, major risk taker. Uh, and through your experiences in working with so many different entrepreneurs and your experience at the floral shop, what would you advise in comparing – Starting a business from scratch and purchasing a business, you know, using your experience at the floral shop. Um, you know, if you're going to invest in a franchise system or an existing business, that's a lot different from starting something from scratch. People say people who go out and start something from scratch, their real passion, they want to build something, they want to take it to market, they want recognition from that. That is a real entrepreneurial spirit. I I give them that. But I also believe that individuals who buy an existing business or invest in a franchise are also entrepreneurs. People who are willing to take that risk come prepared and to step out on their own with really no safety net under them. To me, that's an entrepreneur. So the difference is being franchise ownership is not for everyone. To be quite honest, I would not be a good franchisee because you need to go in with the attitude that I'm going to invest in a model that's already proven as opposed to I'm going to create something from scratch. So if you're a very creative person, franchise isn't the way to go. Also, you need to be prepared to follow the rules, okay? When you invest in a franchise, it's someone that's created this business And they've documented everything. They've already made the mistakes. So if you follow their rules and their processes that they have established, which you are paying for, then your success rate is going to be much greater. But if you say, I'm going to go sell to XYZ instead of ABC, they say, why? We've already tried that. They're not going to buy your product. So, So, Kathy, when you look back um, up to the point of coming to Charleston – um, you had done a variety of things. You've been in a variety of environments, and we all learn from our experiences. What would be maybe a moment in time that you look back and, and think, hey, that was a game-changing moment, maybe a mistake you made, something you really learned as a lesson of life and lesson of business uh, that you could share with our listeners today? Let's see. I think patience and not always trying and having to be right. 
okay? I am a very determined, I feel I am a leader. Um, I like challenges. I like to win. And so, uh, yes. So was there a moment, a uh, moment that you remember that, that the lack of patience or, like you said, always having to be, or is there a moment you remember in your past coming through, whether it was running a business or working for HP that was kind of defining where you're like, hey, if I had that one to do over, I'd do it a little differently? Um, actually, I think I had that defining moment with my family. Okay. <laughs> the family and the, and the business, which are separate. But, um, as I said, my mother is older now and I'm, we're all trying to take care of her. And I, I've learned to step back and we need to have joint decisions. And, um, if I can just put in a name of a book here that I've, because Absolutely. I think my family background and has shaped me too and helped me understand when do I need to step back maybe delegate or share the decision. I read a book called The Bittersweet Season, uh, Taking Care of Our Aging Parents and Ourselves by Jane Gross. And it's an excellent book on her journey in taking care of her family and um, how they work together to care for their mom. So I, I think that same family instinct comes in through business that I I was in a man's environment. Okay, I was in an engineering environment, which is totally different from me at HP. So I had to learn. Um, I kind of left HP still with that mindset of being right, being a leader and succeeding to calming down. And I think my time at the flower shop helped me there um, because I was in a much slower environment. You certainly went from one extreme to the other, right? So what a great way to learn to adjust. And uh, hard to believe, but we're running out of time this morning. Okay. And so we're going to look forward to coming back next week and hearing more about FranNet. And I love this whole concept and theory of you coaching people through that decision-making process of, do I go franchise route or do I start it from scratch? And so we're looking forward to diving in to that next week. Okay, thank you. Thanks for being here today. And again, if you missed uh, one of our previous sessions and didn't get to hear, don't fret. You can go to our website at CoastalWN.com, click on the radio icon, and you can hear all the podcasts from our last four years of great lessons in leadership and entrepreneurship. And until next Saturday morning at 730, Charleston, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.